the risk of stating the obvious. It's the middle of summer. We're right in the middle. This time when the sun still rises early and sets late, when weeds are popping up everywhere and ripe tomatoes are not that far away, these days when we are surrounded by light and warmth, ample amounts of warmth. I hope you're getting some time to enjoy this season and its invitation to slow down and be present and to enjoy things you can't enjoy in those colder, shorter days. Because you know these days are going to go by faster than we think. And at the same time, I'm mindful that for many of us, these are trying times. When our nation seems to have lost its way and is doing more harm than good, oppressing people rather than advancing the cause of freedom and justice, dividing people because of race or ethnicity or immigration status. It could be easy these days to focus on what's broken, to get anxious about the state of our world, to fall into despair. And we all get discouraged at times, but it's important that we not do that, that we not get so anxious or so despairing that we are paralyzed because our world needs all the help it can get these days. It needs what you and I have to offer our hope and our faith, our energy and our daring. With so much bad news, I know it's easy to feel discouraged. I feel that way too. And so I need ways to find my faith in humanity restored. I need to find reasons for hope. And I expect you do too. And in recent weeks, that hope for me came from a surprising place. The United States Women's National Soccer Team. My wife told me I should try to do the Megan Rapino pose. Um, do you know this team? Clearly some of you do. And if you don't, where have you been? I have loved watching them play in the Women's World Cup and watching them on the big stage that they have been on afterwards. The World Cup, which is really a truly worldwide competition, as opposed to the World Series and the Super Bowl. What sets this American team apart is not their talent, which obviously they have plenty of. No, it's their confidence and their fearlessness and their joy. They seem to live for the big moments in the game when everything is on the line, when they are under the most pressure, 
Rather than shrink back from the challenge, they seem to live for it and love it and thrive in it. And so hearing commentators talk about the way they play, their style of fearlessness has made me wonder about my own life. Am I living big enough and bold enough? Or am I holding back because I'm afraid of failing or afraid of being criticized? I'm familiar with those voices of self-doubt that can come up, those voices that encourage us to play it safe, to avoid risks and minimize the chance of failure. And I imagine that you are familiar with those voices too. But we aren't here to play small, are we? We are here to shine, aren't we? I don't know how the American team developed their ethic of fearlessness, but they are now known for it. So much so that the English team's coach said over the past year or so, he has been encouraging his players to adopt, to emulate the American style of what he calls ruthless play. Now, I'm no fan of how our nation has often acted on the world stage with arrogance and swagger, acting as if we have all the answers and that we're always number one. I'd like to see us use our power to serve the common good and not just our own self-interest. But the confidence and the fearlessness of the American women seems different. It's not arrogant or mean-spirited. It's joyful. And I wonder if this is because they are women, women who have come into their own power, and they're having such a good time exercising that power on the field and in their lives. You may remember that in the gospel stories of Jesus' life and ministry, there's this recurring message, fear not. Even before he's born, the angels say to Mary and to the shepherds, fear not. And in his ministry, Jesus repeatedly asks his disciples, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? For Jesus, the opposite of faith isn't doubt, it's fear. And I know there are healthy kinds of fear that can keep us out of trouble and from doing risky or foolhardy things. But I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about the kind of fear that keeps us from living a full and abundant life. And this is a message we need to hear these days. Don't be afraid. We don't have a record of Jesus telling folks how to do this, but we can look at the stories of how he lived. Like other prophets, he challenged the authorities and he spoke truth to power. And he was willing to pay the consequences. He knew that he was God's beloved. And it's clear that this connection to the holy was what empowered him to live the big 
and influential life that was his own. If you're going to live a fearless life or a more fearless life, you need something that inspires and encourages and sustains you. I hope this church community helps you with that. For the women of the U.S. national team, there seems to be this combination of individual effort and collective strength where the whole becomes greater than the sum of the individual parts. There seems to be this spirit among these women, a collective camaraderie that holds them together and empowers them to play with joy and without fear. What if we as a church community were more like that? More sticking our necks out, more being bold, more joy. Team jerseys. In this time of division and distrust, these women on this soccer team exhibit the kind of patriotism that our nation is hungry for these days. Writing about them in The New Yorker, Louisa Thomas had this to say. As a group, the members of the national team are brash, idealistic, outspoken, thoughtful, disciplined, aware of their power and willing to use it, confident and unapologetic. They have both inherited their claim to excellence and earned it, and they are unafraid to acknowledge their position. They are also, of course, women. Some of them are women of color. Some of them are gay. They are all underpaid and underappreciated. They see themselves as role models and revolutionaries, but they are also something more complicated to describe. They offer a new model on how to be an American citizen, one rooted at once in idealism and pragmatism. It wasn't enough to be morally good. The players also knew they had to win. By their existence and their conduct, they offer an alternative to the nationalism of men who claim a monopoly on the meaning of country and flag. Megan Rapino said before the final, I think that I'm particularly and uniquely and very deeply American. If we want to talk about the ideals that we stand for, all the songs and the anthem and sort of what we were founded on, I think I'm extremely American. And Louisa Thomas concludes, and she's right, she is. This morning we heard Reverend Robert Fulgham's story about a little girl who doesn't fit into the regular categories. I have to imagine that some, if not many, women athletes were once like that little girl feeling that they didn't fit in. Perhaps they were told at times they were too athletic or too good, not girly enough, 
Maybe they were told, don't outshine the boys. To get to where they are, I have to imagine that some of them did what that little girl, Fulcham, describes did. She knew her category, mermaid, and was not about to leave the game or go over and stand against the wall where the loser would stand. She intended to participate wherever mermaids fit into the scheme of things without giving up dignity or identity. Well, where do the mermaids stand? Robert Fulgham asks. All the mermaids, all those who are different, who do not fit the norm, who do not accept the available boxes and pigeonholes. Answer that question and you can build a school, a nation, or a kingdom on it. This is the question our nation is struggling with these days. How do we deal with difference? Do we fear it or do we embrace it? Do we try to perpetuate the existing order which has concentrated power and privilege in the hands of the few? Or do we make room for more and more people at the table? The U.S. women's national soccer team is, for me, a powerful and beautiful example of the promise of this country, of what we can be. These women remind me of words from Marianne Williamson that I put at the top of the order of service today. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. These athletes challenge me to be less fearful and more joyful, to be bold and courageous, to use the power that I have and not be afraid to shine. What about you? What about you? And you probably know this, but I have to warn you, when you do this, when you stand up and when you speak out, when you live out your particular giftedness, doing this will threaten some people, right? And they will criticize you. They'll say things like, who do you think you are? Especially if you are someone who has been expected to know your place because of your race or gender or sexual orientation or lack of wealth or education. But this nation and this faith tradition are grounded in the belief that our diversity is a blessing and not a curse. We have not yet lived up to our, our ideals in this country. Not yet. And these days, the struggle is right here. Will we make room for all voices? Will we celebrate our diversity? Will we stop being threatened by what we don't yet understand? 
Will we stop being so damn afraid and instead make room for more joy? None of us can do everything, but each of us can do something. And one thing we can do is to live as fully and as boldly as we are able, to be as shiny as we can be. My spiritual companions, please remember that you have a light and you are here to let it shine. You have been given this gift. So let's take the field. Let's get out there and play with as much joy and as much courage as we can with everything we've got. Amen.